near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Near-Death Experience Podcast, item number 399, a.k.a. Patreon edition number 010, October 14th, 2022. The Difference Between the Spirit and the Body Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official podcast and source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm your host, John Messer. This is the 10th item Chaz posted on Patreon back in February of 2019. I have been releasing them as I want this information to be available without you having to be charged for it. We really do deeply appreciate any contribution to the podcast on Patreon as it really helps offset the cost of producing the show. If you'd like to help, you can go to patreon.com slash ndepodcast. You can make a one-time-only contribution or become an ongoing supporter. And thank you to everyone who has contributed or currently does. Your help is very deeply appreciated. Before we get into this episode, I want to give an update to you about the show. We still don't know when or if Chaz will return, but when he does, he will be greeted with open arms. I have some special announcements about the show that I will tell you about in item number 400. That will be a milestone episode. This episode gives us some very important distinctions between the body and the spirit that resides in it. Let's hear what Chaz has to say. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, Patreon edition, episode number 10. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. The experience we're going to share today, while a short one, is a very interesting illustration or, um, or study, I guess you could say, in the uh, difference between the body and the spirit, and how they aren't necessarily... It, Basically, the, the, just because the body is not clinically dead doesn't mean the spirit can't separate, and that the body, to some extent, can operate independent of the body, obviously with limitations. But uh, here's the experience. This is, uh, this is Levette who says, I was unable to swim when I was pushed into a pool at the deep end. I sank like a rock. When I touched the bottom of the pool, myself, as I call it, came out of my body. I was instantly up and to the right of my body, behind the right shoulder. 
I was very aware that my body, that the body I saw drowning was mine. Yet I had no sympathy for it as I watched it drown and struggle for life. I was completely unattached to it. I questioned immediately, how can I be there and here at the same time? I put my hands out in front of me and touched them together. As I felt the touch, I recognized that they were my hands. I could not understand how this could be. I took a deep breath and said, wow, I can breathe underwater. I was distracted by the voices at the poolside discussing the fate of my body as it drowned. I could clearly hear their words and was aware of their emotions concerning my drowning body, but I still did not care about it and returned my attention to the fact it did not hurt at all to die. I was, I was amazed at how much more real and vibrant the colors and light around me were. This is real, and that body there was just a coat I had been wearing. It felt good to be out of it. I felt free from pain, confusion, and all of the heaviness and the weight of life on one's shoulders. My entire perspective on life was changing as fast as I could think. As I was basking in the wonder of it all, at the same time the one who pushed me in jumped in to get me. I watched as she pulled the body to the top of the water. As fast as myself came out of the body, it went back in, and I was instantly very angry about it. I could now feel the experience the body had had while I was separate from it. It had been terrified and angry, scared and afraid. I had not experienced any of that, yet now I was being forced to feel the state of the that the flesh felt, even though I wasn't there with it when it happened. I never saw through the body's eyes. I could only feel what it was feeling about what had happened to it. I was also aware that nobody there had seen myself come out of me, and I could not say anything to them about it. It seemed that while in the body, it had priority and control of all my actions while in it. It had a strong survival instinct and was not aware of the fact that it really is okay to die. I then was aware that it doesn't hurt the self to separate, but it hurts the body very badly. The self can experience the body while in it, but the body cannot experience the self it is completely unaware of its existence. That's the end of the experience. And my goodness, this is such an interesting study in, in like I said, the, uh, the body versus the spirit, what the experiences of the spirit in the body versus the spirit outside of the body versus the body without the spirit. Okay, so let's walk through this. She is pushed in the water by, I, I would assume a friend, probably teasing her or something, or other, um, she goes and she sinks. She doesn't know how to swim. And uh, it says when she touched the bottom of the pool, herself, as she called it, came out of her body, which, you know, she doesn't go into much detail, but I'm picturing just, you know, she just feels herself 
come up and uh, her body is still there below her. She says, I was instantly up and to the right of my body behind the right shoulder. Let's briefly talk about that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a symbolic thing or a mechanical thing or what, but it seems that uh, when people leave their body, they are more often than not up and to the right. I don't know why. It's it's not a rule. You know, there are exceptions, but it's like 85%. I'm, I'm just throwing that number out there, but it seems like 85% it's, it's the right, uh, you know, up over the right. And so I'm trying to picture this at the bottom of the pool. Is she face down? Is she face up? Because that, you know, that makes a difference. But uh, um, she's behind the right shoulder. Okay. And uh, she says, I was very aware that my body I saw, the body I saw, drowning was mine. Yet I had no sympathy for it as I watched it drown and struggle for life. This is a little bit odd in the sense that, you know, when people talk about leaving their body, they are fully aware it is them. It is really, really them and the truest them. They feel like even more themselves than they were in the body sometimes because they're without all the all the fears and, and anxieties of the body, and they're in this comfortable, yeah, thinking place and feeling place where the, everything is fine and great. And it sounds odd to say that she had no sympathy for it. I'm not sure that that means that she felt like, oh, go on and struggle there, buddy, you know, like, like some kind of negative thing. I think it was more that she was so comfortable and so, you know, unattached and, and, and just feeling this love, I imagine. She doesn't talk about feeling love, but she talks about feeling comfortable. And she is just totally not affected by the struggle that the body is having. And it seems to be struggling, which is interesting. I watched it drown and struggle for life. Now, when people talk about how, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be legitimate near-death experience if it's not a clinical death, that just doesn't seem to pan out. That uh, concern does not seem to pan out as far as, um, you know, it, it couldn't, suggesting that it couldn't have been a real near-death experience if the body didn't really, truly, completely die. That, that just doesn't pan out because over and over we hear of people leaving their body and their body is still in a coma or their body is still you know, in this case, struggling for life. I've heard of people um, watching their, standing there watching their body scream and cover, you know, the body is covering its head, you know, screaming and, and you know, trying to get out of the danger that their body is in, and yet they are separated from it and they are watching it as if a third party. It's almost like they walked in on somebody watching a movie and yet, even that, I walk into a room, if somebody's watching a movie of somebody drowning, I'm like, you know, and I find myself immediately having to remind myself not to hold my breath. And, and it's just like, it's, it's uncomfortable to see that. Maybe that's just me. I don't think so, though. I think, I think most people have some kind of reaction when they see these kinds of things. But in the spirit form, that comfort level and, and that ease is so overpowering as to apparently allow them to not feel sympathy for the body. 
And it may have something to do with the fact that it's their body. Maybe if they saw other people struggling who hadn't yet left their body, maybe they would feel something. Certainly, I think they would feel the emotions of them because, as Lynette, or Lavette says, um, you know, the next thing she she realizes she can breathe underwater in her form. Oh, but let's not skip this. This is really cool. She says, I put my hands out in front of me and touch them together. She's she's wondering at this time, how can I be there and here at the same time? So she puts her hands out in front of her and touches them together. And she says, as I felt the touch, I recognized that they were my hands. This was absolutely her. She was feeling herself. She's feeling that body, as it were. And that tells me that she was in the spirit body form she had hands. She could see them. She could feel them touch. It was very physical. And she's like, I don't get how this can be. It, it probably felt to her like her body suddenly had made a clone of itself. And she's the one clone who can breathe in water, who is comfortable, who is touching her hands together. And she's watching this other struggle for life. And that's so interesting. And her breathing underwater, um, she finds interesting. She says, wow, I can breathe underwater. And then she's distracted by the voices at the poolside discussing the fate of my body as it drowned. Now, when I first read this, I'm like, this is almost slightly disturbing. I mean, I'm, I'm picturing, I, I don't think this is accurate, and I'll say why in a minute, but I'm, I'm picturing there's her at the bottom of the pool, or they're seeing her body struggling at the bottom of the pool, clearly drowning, and these people are like standing around having this intellectual discussion. So, do you think she's dead yet? You know, <laughs> discussing the fate of my body as it drowned. I don't think that's quite, I think there's probably like, oh my gosh, I think she's drowning. We got to get in there. And, you know, who, somebody get down there or whatever. And they're probably shouting and so forth. So there's that. But saying it as discussing the fate of my body as it drowned, it seems that the spirit separated from the body operates at a much faster level. And I'm not sure how that works and so forth. But a, a single sentence that somebody shares in the time that somebody speaks a sentence, that spirit can have gone through, I mean, an entire journey for one thing, or they can go through this entire thought process and they can recognize and feel the thoughts and emotions of everybody around. So somebody's saying, oh my gosh, I think she's drowning. And, uh, and, and then somebody responding could have felt to the spirit like this entire discussion going on about the body. And, and she's, she says, I could clearly hear their words and I was aware of their emotions concerning my drowning body. She could sense everything that they were feeling and thinking, which was probably panic and worry and, and so forth that you would feel if you saw somebody drowning at the bottom of a pool. And she says, but I still did not care about it and returned my attention to the fact that it did not hurt at all to die. So she's like, you know, recognizing they're in panic, this body at the bottom is struggling for life, and she's just like, wow, this is so cool. It doesn't hurt at all to die. So it's at this point that Lavette starts mentioning how she noticed that how real and vibrant the colors and light around her were. This is a very common description of uh, from near-death experiencers who are outside the body, and while she notices these colors and and the light around her um, being more than it was before her attention goes back to the fact that 
for her at that time that feels like the uh, body that she just stepped out of was just like a coat she'd been wearing. And she said it felt good to be out of it. it felt, I felt free from pain and confusion and all the heaviness and the weight of life on one's shoulders. You know, think about it at any given time. And there, there's moments where we have peace and feel joy and so forth. But just stop at any given moment and think, how much stress are you experiencing right now? Just in the back of your mind, that thing that you're struggling with right now or that thing that you're suffering through right now or that thing that you're anxiously awaiting negatively, you know, the kinds of things you're like, that's coming up. You know, there's just always weight on us. And that seems to all be gone. And she says, as I was basking in the wonder of it all, at this, uh, uh, the same one who pushed me in, the same girl who had pushed her into the pool, jumps in and pulls her out. And the moment she pulls out of the body, I mean, sorry, out of the water, so as fast as myself came out of the body, it went back in, and I was instantly very angry about it. Now, I don't know if that angry anger is rooted in the fact that she's in the body, which is very prone to anger, or if it's in the fact that she's angry because she, uh, she is being forced back into the body. I suspect it's a combination of both. But um, then, and this is possibly the most interesting part of it, and something that I have not heard yet before, and yet probably haven't had, you know, it, it's not something that everybody is going to notice, but she says, I could now feel, she's back in the body, I could now feel the experience the body had had while I was separated from it. I had been terrified and angry, scared and afraid. I had not experienced any of that yet. Now I was being forced to feel the state of the fle- that the flesh felt, even though I wasn't there with it when it happened. Isn't that interesting? So she'd been separated from the body. She's like, huh, it doesn't hurt to die at all. Oh, look at this. I can breathe underwater. And, and she's just not feeling anything toward this body that is struggling for life. And uh, probably kicking, probably you know, twitching, whatever, I don't know what, but it's struggling to stay alive, and she feels no fear. But the moment, you know, she's pulled out of the water, her spirit goes back into her body, and she instantly recognizes everything that the body had just been through, the anger, the fear, just just being generally scared of what was going on. She hadn't felt that while she'd been separated from the body. And then she says, I never saw through the body's eyes. That may have to do with the fact in, in her situation, her eyes may have been closed, I don't know. But she says, I could only feel what it was feeling about what had happened to it. So she's kind of recognizing the separation between who she is and who the body is and what the body is feeling. She says, it seemed that while in the body, it had priority and control of all my actions while in it. This is also interesting. This seems to be one of the, uh, you know, we kind of think of ourselves as being spirits walking around in a bodysuit. But that may not fully entirely be the case. We may almost be more like, and, and again, this is speculation. I'm not saying this is what I've read or anything like that. But it's almost as if we are a being on the inside experiencing with the body 
this experience as if we're some kind of, you know, if you've ever read, I don't know, The Host or or any Star Trek episode, I mean, any science fiction, there's times when when the person who the body belongs to is not in control of the body, but they're experiencing it, and there's some alien or something that's running it. It almost sounds kind of like that, except for the fact that I don't think the body is just like... I don't think the spirit is just like trapped in there and just like, hey, let me out kind of thing. I think it's more that the spirit has strong influence on the body and and has, you know, I don't even want to say communication with the body because I think that deepest part of your thought process, if you close your eyes and think, who am I? What am I? And so forth. I think that's your spirit saying that and thinking that. And yet all the little filters that come with the body, such as hunger, thirst, uh, uh, fear, anger, all of those things that just come with the body or part of the body are so heavily influenced or are so heavily influencing the body that often the body is simply the one running the show and the spirit is just kind of in the background observing in a sense. That's almost what it sounds like to me. We are dual beings and I, I don't even know what that means exactly except from what we read here that there is a spirit which is us which if we die that's what's going to be have the memory and if we come back that's what's going to have the memory and there is the body which has fears and angers and frustrations and appetites and curiosities and 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 uh, all, all of these uh, sensations that are unique to the flesh they come with the body we experience them as spirits because we are possessing this body and if we were not in the body if we step out of the body we cease experiencing that bodily experience this is bizarre stuff but that seems to be what we're reading it says she goes on she says i was also aware that nobody there had seen myself come out of me and i could not say anything to them about it so she recognizes that nobody else saw that i was two people at that time one was a body person and the other was this spirit person i didn't i i knew that they couldn't tell that they hadn't seen that they'd only seen the body itself but i find it so interesting that she says it seemed that while in the body it had priority and control of all my actions while in it it had a strong survival instinct and was not aware of the fact that it really is okay to die i then was aware that it doesn't hurt the self to separate but it hurts the body very badly the self can experience the body while in it but the body cannot experience the self it is completely unaware of its existence that's wild that's wild so the body itself really isn't aware of the spirit now i would add this because i've heard experiences where people are separated from their body and their body is still alive but clearly you know deteriorated by not having the spirit there and they sense that the body is feeling abandoned and feeling like how can you leave me you know you can't leave me alone i'm dying kind of thing and yet their spirit which is the real self is saying it's okay it's fine don't worry about it which makes me wonder i mean what is that visceral part of ourselves that is so afraid of death that is so just traumatized by the death of others 
I mean, no question we should mourn at the death of others. No question about that. They're now going to be gone until we leave our bodies, which our whole realm of memory and experience thus far is within the body in this lifetime. And, and we recognize that in the future we're going to be able to look back. But, but while in this life, this is our entire selves is what it feels like. And knowing that until that time of complete annihilation of this existence as it is, will we be reunited with that person? Of course we should feel a mourning. It's kind of like if somebody says, I'm going to move away for 10 years. I'll see you in 10 years. I mean, yes, you should mourn about that. You should. But the, that visceral reaction of just like utter agony at the death of somebody, the sense that they're gone. It's over. The relationship is destroyed. Everything about this connection that we have to each other is ripped apart. That's what it feels like when you first hear of somebody's death, often. But to a spirit, it is, I mean, it's a totally different experience. And it, and it just makes me think that, that um, there is a lot of what we do on this earth, a lot of our reactions and a lot of our attitudes about things that may be, I mean, completely based in the body, which is interesting. And obviously, there has to be some of that, because if you just ignore your hunger, ignore when you're tired, ignore when you're thirsty, you're going to die, you know. But it, it, it's like we make our decisions based on these fears, appetites, anger, whatever, and we do so much that is based in the body, maybe we ought to reconsider that and, and think, okay, you know what? This is not a survival thing. This is a tantrum thing, or this is a fear thing, or this is a anxiety thing. It's based in the body. And so let me go to my spirit place. You might say happy place, but I would call it my spirit place where I can really come in touch with what I I, me, the real me, feels about the situation. And chances are, I probably feel like, it's an old coat. I don't even want it anymore. You know, and, and I don't mean that to say that I don't want to live, but, you know, as far as whatever your problem is, your difficulty, maybe we can see our problems as old coats that are not even worth their weight in fluff anymore, you know, that we don't even want anymore so we don't have to worry about them obviously we got to take care of ourselves and and meet our needs and so forth but we can do it without the heaviness we can do it without the fear and anxiety and depression and so forth that are based in the body and that doesn't mean those things won't come they will because we're still in the body but maybe we can give maybe we can tip the scale a little bit you know uh Levette talks about while we're in the body, the spirit is completely just, you know, like almost sounds like it's powerless, just sitting in the background watching what's going on. And then, and the spirit or in the body is totally having all these experiences. I think it's more than that. I think it might be fair to say it's a scale. And true, when we come, I mean, there, I think there's a little bit of the veil that's still lifted for a while as babies, young children, that forces the scale to balance a little bit, but it doesn't take long before the body is so much more important to us and the needs of the body than uh, would be uh, considered, you know, later in life. And, uh, and we're, you know, the scale is tipped to where 
it's all physical. It's all body-based. And then as we become more spiritually attuned, we can start to pull the scale back. So that's, I guess you might say, say that's one of my goals is to tip the scale at least even, but preferably to a more spiritual being than physical being. I'm not sure how to do that exactly, except to, like we said, show love, be spiritually minded, pray often, listen to that quiet voice inside that encourages you to do things that you feel that you should do or to stop doing things that you know you shouldn't do. Anyway, it's a very interesting. So, if you would like to contact the podcast, ask a question, whatever, um, you can do that by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, thank you, you guys. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all of you so much for your patronage and your support. <laughs>